Hey, it's Adam Sank. And if you like my radio show, you'll love my comedy album, Adam Sank, live from the Stonewall Inn. <gasps> oh my goodness. What? Fellatio? Really? Available on Amazon, iTunes, and Google Play. Get ready for comedy. Elmo's horny. Politics. The gay spin on the story was like, Queen Elizabeth fucking loves us. Pop culture. I'm not a sports fan. I don't follow this shit. Sexual harassment of celebrity guests. And you are always welcome in my apartment in New York City. And by my apartment, I mean my bed. <laughs> and poetry. Harder than Vesuvius, more well-endowed than the Mastodon. It's the Adam Sank Show on Derek and Romaine 2.0. And for the next hour, you're in the ass. Oh, yeah. And now... The one, the only, Adam Sank! Bottom. Bada-dum, bada-dum, yes, yes. Hello. Hello, everyone. It's Adam Sank. Today is Sunday, June 17th. It is Father's Day. You're listening to The Adam Sank Show, and I am live, if you're listening, at adamsank.com slash podcast at 3 p.m. Eastern Time on June 17th. I'm thrilled to be back with you all. If you want to call into the show while we're live, it's 844-825-5367. Our question today, where and how will you be celebrating Pride this year? Uh, there are a bazillion Pride celebrations happening just this week, as well as uh, for the next couple months. So lots of Pride happening we want to hear from you. Old episodes of The Ass, uh, not just old episodes, but new episodes as well, are available on iTunes. If you listen on iTunes or any other streaming service, leave me a rating and a review. And you can always email me at adam at adamsank.com. Please like our Facebook page as well. You guys, we have such a packed show today. We don't even have time to do everything we need to do. And we have a, a, an incredible guest segment. We are going to be in the presence of royalty today. We have the reigning Miss Gay United States, Aaliyah Martinez, and the reigning Mr. Gay United States, Race Guy Sinister, joining us live in the studio to tell us all about the gay pageant world, uh, which is something I know very little about. Um, plus, we will be discussing whether bottoms should have to pay more at a sex party than tops. And joining us now is a man who knows all about that, my co-host for today, Mr. Ryan Frostig. Hello, Adam. Hello, all. What do you think, Ryan? You think, uh, well, bottoms I've should... never been to a sex party because I am an angel. Because <laughs> you're a virgin. I'm a virgin. <laughs> um, but I feel like bottoms, tops should definitely be charged more. Bottoms have to do more of the prep work. I mean, it's, I think it's harder to be a bottom than a top, right? Well, I agree. But we're going to do a story a little later about w one sex party where the bottoms have to pay more. In Brooklyn, right? In Brooklyn. In my borough. Yes. And we will be discussing why the what the rationale is behind that and whether that's fair. Um, but first, uh, we have so many topics to get through. And the thing I think that's on everyone's mind is how is my ass doing? How's your hole? How is my hole after the anal surgery that I received it going on three weeks now, right? Yes. I don't. It's been maybe it's two weeks. It's been a journey. It has been a terrible uh, and uh, and rather painful journey. But I'm happy to say, Ryan, that as of I would say Wednesday, this past Wednesday, my ass feels totally back to normal again. Amazing. It is. Uh, it, it's it's its old self again. I don't still know. Still out of commission. Still completely out of commission. Nothing mm. is going back there. Uh, but I, it was out of commission probably before for the rest the of the summer. Well, it has. <laughs> it, it's listen. My ass has seen better days. Sure. Um, but, uh, and it's definitely, I'm not putting anything back there for quite a while, but, um, but I feel better. Good. I'm no, I no longer have to use Kotex. <laughs> You're not using your pads. <laughs> my maxi pads. I could, I threw those out finally. Uh, anyone coming over to my apartment was curious as to why I had a box of maxi pads. You don't have any counter. left? No, I do. I, I you should keep one I just to like remember this just, time in your life. Just in case there's ever any trauma back there. You should sign it too. <laughs> Would anyone, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be giving away signed maxi pads <laughs> to caller number three here on the Adam Sank Show. Give us a call at eight four four eight two five five three six seven. In much happier news than my ass, uh, I had I emceed a huge event last night, Ryan, in New Jersey. Yes, I was the master of ceremonies for a big fundraiser for the Community Food Bank of New Jersey, and our headliner was Colin Jost. Fabulous. And I He's got to cute. meet him backstage and hang out with him for a little bit. And I am telling you, he couldn't have been nicer. He's the cutest man I've ever seen. 
Like, not necessarily the hottest. No, but really Not cute. the most gorgeous, but the cutest. Like, and, and we were talking really close to each other. Like, we were standing there. Our faces were, like, two inches apart. And I just suddenly felt like, we're going to kiss. You should have. Of course we didn't, him. because he's straight, and he's, you know, fucking Scarlett Johansson. He doesn't want me. What, what, what are and labels? And my damaged ass. But, my God, is he cute. And he was great and funny and really, really sweet. And then um, the unexpected guest, which I knew about, but the audience didn't, was I got to introduce John Bon Jovi on stage. Yes. Which was really thrilling. I didn't actually get to talk to him or meet him, but I introduced him. I shook his hand. He said something sweet about me. How's the hair? To the crowd. His hair is very thick. It's gray. It's uh, on the shorter side. It's not like it's rock not star like hair old. anymore. Yeah. But it's really thick and healthy. He was wearing tight jeans. Mm. His ass is still phenomenal. He looked like he has a nice package in the front. Yes. I was really enjoying watching him from my perch backstage. So that's what I did last night. Um, We are going to be talking about pride today and uh, specifically where pride celebrations are happening, not just throughout the United States, but all over the world. It really is amazing. Yeah. But I'm going to start with kind of a, a bummer of a story. This is kind of haunting. Um, but I think it's important to mention, we just passed the two-year anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando. Right. And one thing that happened at the time, I don't know if you guys remember this, there were a number of men who came forward at, who had been regular club goers, and they came forward and told the police and the media, we recognize this guy, Omar Mateen, the shooter. We've seen him at the club. Some of them said they had interacted with him on uh, social, on hookup apps like Grindr. And one even said that he had had a sexual affair with him. And at the time, my memory is that all of that was completely debunked. Right. Well, The Advocate published an article this week with the headline, These men say their memories of the Pulse shooter aren't flawed. Numerous men still say they saw Omar Mateen at Pulse or on gay dating apps, but authorities have dismissed their accounts as unreliable. The FBI has thrown shade on all the accounts. Mateen's cell phone records and home computer never turned up any evidence that he'd used gay dating apps. And there's geolocation data indicating that the first time Mateen ever visited Pulse was between 1.21 and 1.35 a.m. on June 12, 2016, the night of the shooting. Um... But there are these men who say that that they're being ignored, that they know for a fact that they used to see him at the club. Um, One of the guys says he recalls seeing Mateen's face occasionally pop up on Jacked, which is a gay dating app. Mm -hmm. Other members of Orlando's LGBT community recall seeing Mateen on Grindr. One says that he would have short interactions with him on Grindr, just kind of like saying hi He said at one time Mateen sent him a picture wearing a wine-colored shirt and a purple tie. Um, Orlando City... (laughs) Ryan is offended. That's... By that combination. That's the most offensive thing to (laughs) The crime of fashion. Yeah. But Orlando City Commissioner Patty Sheehan says she's heard plenty of accounts similar to these that Mateen had visited the club, whether whether it was to case out the club or whether he was an actual patron. Those who said they saw him there said that he was, you know, kind of by himself, hanging out, not really talking to anyone. Sure. So it could have been that that he was just casing the joint. But there is a guy named Louis Leal who maintains that he had a sexual relationship with Mateen that lasted months, sometimes seeing him two to three times a week. Leal claims he knew that Mateen was married with a child and came from a conservative Muslim family. But the future shooter apparently wanted to live a different life, according to Leal. Again, there were also accounts that he was HIV positive, but police and FBI said that wasn't the case. So I guess the question that I had in reading all of this, and I'd like to get your opinions on this, is does it matter whether he was secretly gay, whether he was closeted, whether he had been at the club before? Does it in any way change the scope or the, or the, the impact of this massacre? No, but I do think... There is something to be said about internalized homophobia and like maybe coming from a background um, where you can't be yourself. And so the only thing that you can do is to sort of like act out and harm others. I don't know. I mean, there's something interesting about that perspective and uh, I don't think it changes anything, but it definitely makes sense to me. Like, I mean, I'm 
I can believe that to be the case. I just feel like we're at a point now where we have so many of these mass shootings. Right. Every mass shooting is horrific to me. Right. Pulse isn't worse because there were gay people killed. It isn't any worse to me than Parkland or Sandy Hook or San Bernardino. Like, anytime innocent people are killed for no reason by a madman with a gun, right? It, it's horrifying to me equally. I, I totally agree, but I think it's not that it's worse, but, you know, that could have been us. Yes. I, I mean, anyone, it hits home. It definitely I mean? hits like, home more. Um, if I was a high schooler... The Parkland um, shooting probably would have been would have hit more home for me. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I think that it's not worse. They're all terrible, but it's just, you know, if we had been at like industry or um, therapy or any of those clubs in right. here in the city, and that had happened, you know, that could have been us or people that we knew. Or so it's it's just it's eerie. Right. We think of these places as safe, safe spaces, spaces for right. LGBTQ people. So then when one of them becomes a killing. A killing room. It's it's it definitely hits home for us. But I guess my point is, you know how whenever there's one of these shootings, the first thing the media and the, and the government wants to do is find out whether it was connected to to right. ISIS, whether it's Islamic terrorism. I feel like at this point, what difference does it make? Right. People are dead either way. Guns are the problem either way. The fact that anyone can get access to to semi-automatic weapons in this country. Well, that's what we really... That's that's what we should be talking about. Not like, was he gay? Was he a member of ISIS? Was he this? Was he... Who gives a fuck? Yeah. He's dead. All of these other people are dead. Knowing whether he was gay or not isn't really going to help us. The only thing that's going to help us is common sense gun reform, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, of course. So I think it's interesting. I'm glad the advocate is covering this, and I think... If, if it turns out that law enforcement purpose intentionally turned a blind eye on yeah. on all of the, the, the gay evidence, then that's a problem and, and that needs to come out. But as far as like sort of the greater lesson of the story, I don't know that it matters. Don't matter. Bob in Wisconsin, you're on the Adam Sank Show. You say what? Bob? Bob. 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 What about Bob? Hey, Bob. Bob. Bob, you there, Bob? Did he give up? Bob, Bob, you're on the phone. Are you speaking? Bobby, can you hear me? <laughs> Bobby, can you hear me? Bobby, can you speak now in the fall? That's Ryan Frostig and I doing Yentl. All right, no, Bob. We will move on. Um, Ryan, what would you do if you were a lesbian? Well, <laughs> which you do look like when you shave your face. I know, you tell me almost every day. What would happen if you were a lesbian and you were in the backseat of an Uber with your partner mm-hmm. your girlfriend or wife and you kissed each other and the next thing you know the uber driver threw you out of the car well uh if i was a lesbian i would probably kick something out of frustration <laughs> because that's <laughs> what know. lesbians do <laughs> well i'll tell you this happened actually in your neck of the woods in brooklyn really uh a lesbian couple um it was Alex Iovine, 26, and Emma Pitchell, 24, and they were uh, going to a birthday party at a bar in Brooklyn called Pig Beach, which sounds like your I kind of place, Pig Ryan. I love Pig Beach. Really? Yes. What neighborhood is that in? Um, I think that's in Williamsburg. So they were at Pig Beach, and then they decided to take an Uber to another friend's birthday party in the East Village about 5 p.m. This happened uh, last Saturday, and uh, here's how it all went down. Listen to this. Is there an issue? What's the issue? I tried you first time, don't do it. You do, so you is do it again. illegal for an Uber? It is illegal. You don't do that. Kissing is not illegal. Yeah, it is illegal. No, it's no, not. You don't do that here in the car. What you are you f- Anyone can kiss an Uber. Sorry, you you are sick. Don't, don't, you're not allowed to do this. Yeah, yeah I am. Yeah, no. Oh, no, we're filming you. Sir, why are we not allowed to kiss in an Uber? You're not allowed. Why are we not allowed? It's disrespectful. What's disrespectful? What's disrespectful? To okay, who? So is it to, to you? Policy? I don't want to argue with you. Just, you get just, out of my car. Just get out of my uh, car. No, no, no. I want to understand. What did we do wrong? Nothing is illegal. We're not. It's not illegal to kiss in New York. Don't, 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 get don't, off don't, of her phone. phone. Don't, don't f- watch her. Don't do it. Don't, don't, don't take it. Don't take it. Oh, no, we're taking a video it's of you. I'm reporting you. I, You're going to okay, get fired. I, okay, I don't care. I don't care. Uh, I'm going to get care. you fired. Can we call the cops right now, actually, before we close no, no, the door? No, no, no. We can't call the you know cops. What? I'm going to call no, no. I want to. No, no. We'll report them to Uber. It's okay. No, it's okay. I want to call Emma. Emma, stop. We'll report you. Don't no. fuck with lesbians. No, they will fucking come for you and 
end your career. And you know what always impresses me about these stories? I would never have the wherewithal to take my phone out and me start either. recording. These oh people God. who do it, I, more power to them. Yeah. They are on it. Like, they're in the moment. It's happening. Their, their adrenaline's racing, and they, they have the, the foresight to go, let's get this on video. I think that's the mentality that we kind of have to have in this modern day, especially, I remember, like, a couple years ago with all, like, um, the police, you know, brutality, um, those, all those videos. Yeah, that kept, during the Black Lives Matter yes, mo- movement. It was sort of like people, and, and you know, there have been, like, gay bashings and stuff where people just, like, take out their phones immediately, and you have to so you can, like, document it and have it ready. You yeah. know, like, you have to have that proof. Well, he claims that they were doing more than just... They, they say they just gave each other a quick smooch. He said that they were being really rambunctious and more like making out and being loud and drunk. They deny that completely. Um, this is the driver. Uh, he's He's been licensed since September 2014. He has no other active complaints against him. And he claims he took offense at the overt sort of hooking up that was going on in the cab. He said, quote, I don't give a shit about them. I did what I believe is my freedom. He said they were acting crude. One forced the other to smell her armpit, which I could see doing that to you, Ryan, yeah. or another friend of mine. Do well, I stink? Smell my armpit. <laughs> you tell me I stink all the time, so you do. They played loud videos on their phones. One put her foot on the seat. This is him. This is his account. Quote, he says, it's my own car. I didn't feel comfortable with them. The driver says he asked them to stop kissing and lower the volume on their phones and said he would have done the same for a straight couple. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Uh, But he acknowledged that he does have less tolerance for a same-sex couple. Bitch, then don't drive any Uber. Why is the bell so far away? There we go. So, yeah, don't. moral of the story, take your phone out and Mm -hmm. don't fuck with lesbians. Amen. And that brings us to uh, everyone's favorite segment, which is our RuPaul Drag Race update. RuPaul's Drag Race update of the week. Hit it, JB. No, that ain't right. <laughs> that ain't it, kid. <laughs> that ain't it, kid. Ryan Frostig is our RuPaul's Drag Race correspondent. The RuPaul's Drag Here, Race theme song. RuPaul's oh, Drag Race. Start your engines. RuPaul's Drag Race. May the best woman win. Best woman win. RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay. All right. Hit well, it. So uh, we just, uh, we have a top four. Uh, we thought we were going to have a top three. Yes. And we have a top four. And this this has been a really good season, I think. Um, I feel like I haven't been this like invested in the Queens in a really long time. Um, who are you rooting for? You know, I think I'm, I'm with you now. I think Aquaria deserves it. Even though, like, yes, she's only 21. And yes, in some ways, she's had less of an arc than any of the other Queens. Right. She, you can't deny her she, talent. She's just stunningly talented. My thing is with Aquaria is that, you know, I've been following her for a couple of years now. And I've always just been so um, impressed by her work as a, as a queen. Not just, like, the makeup and the fashion. But she's also, like, she's a really talented performer. She's got a lot of skills. And she blew up over the past like maybe year or two yeah so in my opinion she was america's next drag superstar before she even went on the show yeah she doesn't need to win rupaul's drag race to have an amazing career her career has already been amazing and she's 22 but don't you think at this point none of those four queens needs to win to have an amazing career if you make the top four at this stage of RuPaul's Drag Race, and now that we're in season 10, you're assured gigs yes, for the rest of your life. But I think that Eureka and Asia need it more than uh, Aquaria and Cameron because Aquaria and Cameron are good-looking, white, twinky. You know, they, they have a huge following, and the RuPaul's Drag Race fandom is 100% racist, 100% uh, um, like size, not size phobic. What's the they just like they just hate Eureka because she's like fat and opinionated and like it's 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 just it's harder for them. They're amazing queens, but my my problem with RuPaul's Drag Race and this is the only problem I have with it is the fans are so toxic, and I wish it wasn't that way, but that's the world that we live in. Um, so I think that I think like Eureka and Asia. I think they're more likely to win it because I think we need those. You queens. really think Asia could win? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I you know how I f- I think you I think it's been set up for Eureka to win. I think like she's the comeback queen. So that's your prediction. 
that's my prediction for who will win. It's not my. It's not who I think should win. I I I firmly believe that Aquaria is the winner of this season. I think she's put in the work. I think she's been the most consistent. I think she's impressed um, the the audience in terms of what she like her skills, like what she's capable of doing. I think she's been really funny. Her snatch game was amazing. That was like iconic. It will probably go down as one of the, of the best snatch games. Um, but it's it's hard to say. Um, you know, it's. Uh, it's anyone's game at this point. I mean, Cameron really delivered. We it would be a real shocker if Cameron won. We, we will know the results in two weeks, yes? Yeah, so next week is the reunion. The following week is the finale. And they've already filmed the finale. So there's been some spoilers. I don't know anything. Don't I'm spoil a goddamn to. thing. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Ryan, for your update. We look forward to seeing how this turns out. And uh, now it is time for our Cocktails and Cock Talk story of the week. And now. Time for another stupid story from Cocktails at Cocktalk.com. Yeah, suck my cock. So this is the story about bottoms being charged more for admission to a sex party than tops. There is a Brooklyn-based sex party called Anonymous that mm. I've never heard of. I've never heard of it. Which is surprising that neither <laughs> of us have heard of it. It's, it's set up at a place called The Stable, a Berlin-type sex club. Where bottoms, known as mares, <laughs> are blindfolded and willingly fucked by any tops, known as stallions, that want to fuck them. What caught the attention of Cocktails and Cock Talk is the price difference on the flyer, uh, which states that admission for tops is $25, while bottoms must pay $65. That is crazy. Uh one of the organizers of the party says, quote, the way the party works is that bottoms volunteer as a cum dump. I hope my parents are listening. <laughs> they are placed into position for the entirety of the party and stay there as long as they want. I'm a big old bottom and this has always been a fantasy of mine, but for it to work and for the experience to be achieved for the cum dump bottoms, we need to have a huge ratio of tops to bottoms, which means discounting admission for anyone who wants to top. Do you see? I guess... In other words, if if you if you're the bottom and you want like twenty guys to fuck you, you gotta have twenty you gotta have tops 20 guys. per every for every one bottom. It's like the girls get in for free while guys pay cover charge thing. That is exactly That's right, it. JB. That is one hundred percent. Now they were asked, "What happens if someone is versatile?" Hmm. The answer is, if someone's versatile, they can play as a top, but they can't switch over to bottom during the party because the bottoms have already volunteered for a limited number of spots in advance. We, quote, we don't mention verse on the flyers or voyeurs, but certainly both are welcome to come. Well, what does it matter if you're verse or not? I mean, if you if you have to kind of make up your mind before you. Right. That's what in. they're saying. Like you can be you can be a bottom. But if you say I'm going to be a top at this party, you have to stay top. You can't uh, switch. Got it. So it's an interesting, uh, I mean, it, on the face of it, it looks like you're discriminating against the bottoms, but it kind of makes sense to me. It, it, it makes sense now that it's been explained, but again, I just feel like the bottoms are really, you know, they're going through it. I agree. But Granted, if, but that's not what's bringing the money right now. What's bringing the money is having all these tops, and then the bombs are paying because they don't know. They want to. Yeah, they don't know. They pro- these people don't probably have a shot on the online dating with going so well, so why not have anonymous sex at a party that I pay for where I know I'm getting sex? Plus, they have to pay for all of the uh, medications that they're going to need after right. being infected with a host of different microbes. Oh, goodness. Um, on that note, Ryan, it is gay pride season. Yeah. And we are going to now update you. We're going to be doing this every week because there are literally pride celebrations happening every week between now and October all over the world. So this week we're celebrating Pride in Sitges, which is in the Catalonia region of Spain, Columbus, Ohio, Zurich, yes. Switzerland. It's Tri-State Black Pride down in Memphis. Um, yes. The Tri-State being West Tennessee, North Mississippi, and the Arkansas Delta. Uh, it's Denver Pride Fest, Baltimore Pride, Chicago. Ooh, yeah, They're celebrating Pride in Belize, in Colombo, Sri Lanka. In fucking Sri Lanka, that's amazing. Romania, Dublin, Valencia, Bilbao, uh, Milan, Toronto, Pride St. Louis, Oklahoma City, Kenora, Canada, San Francisco, St. Petersburg, Cincinnati, Nashville, Houston. In Greece, it's Thessaloniki Pride. Mm. June 23rd through June 30th is Pride Barcelona and Andalusia. Spain has a ton of these. Yeah. Uh, Belgrade, Serbia, and 
here in New York City. Yes, Pride Queen. Week begins today. Woo! Yes. yes. Happy Pride, Queen. So I do wish everyone a happy Pride. I, I really think it's so important. And as much as it's a celebration and we call these parades, they're really marches. marches. They're protest marches. So as you're celebrating, remember that we're standing up for visibility and equality and for our all. basic human rights. For, for everyone in the community. So, Ryan, one of the cities celebrating Pride this week, as I was going through the list, I came across Bisbee, Arizona. Bisbee is a town about 90 miles southeast of Tucson, and it's got a population of just 5,575. So I was really surprised to find out that this little town has its own Pride celebration, and it's been going for the last 14 years. And I was like, I want to know more about this Bisbee Pride. So joining us on the phone right now is the organizer of Bisbee Pride, all the way from Bisbee, Arizona. It's Nancy Piranha. Come on, Nancy. Hello, Nancy? What's Nancy, happening with our phones me? today, JB? What's going on? Is she she was there, right? Yes, she was. Oh, I'm so sad. Nancy, can you hear me? Somewhere over the rainbow. JB is trying to uh, work on getting Nancy on the phone. I apologize to the listeners. This happens during live shows sometimes. Um, but I I will tell you that I. Uh, I'm amazed by how widespread it is because yeah. if you remember, Pride began in just one city, right, right here in New York, right here in New York, 49 years ago, Stonewall, correct. With the st- well, it was the year after the Stonewall uprising, right, and I believe the first one was called like the Gay Liberation March, March. or the Gay Liberation Parade, yeah. and then it later became Pride. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's it's amazing because it's like we're everywhere. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're in big cities, we're in small cities, we're in small towns, big towns. And I think it's important to have um, visibility and representation for all of us, for gay, lesbian, bisexual, trans, queer, um, non-binary, everybody. Absolutely. And one of the uh, stories I was going to do next week, but we'll do it now while we're waiting to connect with Nancy, is the top 10 LGBTQ-friendly cities in which to celebrate Pride. Mm. And they are, in order, from 10th to 1st, Amsterdam, uh, Los Angeles, Chicago, yes. Toronto, mm-hmm. Berlin, mm. where you got the leather, leather man, yes. Paris. Hello. Sa- hey, Nancy, we'll be talking to you in just one sec. Uh, San Francisco, Madrid, London, and finally, New York City. New York City. But as we were just saying a moment ago, one place where they're celebrating Pride today is Bisbee, Arizona. And finally, joining us on the phone is the organizer of Bisbee Pride, Nancy Piranha. Come on, Nancy. (laughs) Hey, Nancy. (laughs) Thank you. Good morning. Good Good morning, morning, everyone. I apologize for our technical problems. How are things in Bisbee today? Oh, my God, you guys. I cannot even tell you what an amazing weekend we had. I... Um, our theme this year was transcendence, and we transcended everything. <laughs> Weather, you name it, we transcended it. <laughs> That's fabulous. And you had some uh, some great entertainers this year, right? Didn't you have a, a, a big uh, comedian from Los Angeles come out to you guys? Yes, we did. So um, we added two new stages this year. Um, we added a family stage and as well as a Latino stage because uh, we're about eight miles from the Mexican border. Oh, wow. And we wanted to, um, you know, uh, transcend the hate that is going on with our political climate. So we added a Latino stage and Anthony Decimito and uh, Mary Upchurch, uh, two Latino comics, uh, Latina from Phoenix and Anthony from L.A., um, so we had that, and uh, Venus to Mars came from Minneapolis. Melissa Reeves was here from North Carolina, and Nomaly Brennett came back from Germany, um, and she lives in Iowa now, but um, just an amazing, amazing time. So explain to us how a town of 5,575 people has such a large annual pride celebration. Yeah, so we are literally the blue liberal dot in a very red, red, red state. And um, most of the people that move here, it is artists. uh, It is definitely the LGBTQ community. Um, Just a lot of liberal-minded people from all over the United States that have, um, I guess, set up shop here in Bisbee. And um, so Bisbee is actually proud of 364 of the other days. Yeah. (laughs) 
out of the out of the year and our town just rallies um you know it's just and and the other parts of the state look to us because we are that liberal blue dot in a very very red state and we were the first um city although we're 5000 well just under 6000 to pl- uh, pass civil unions that's amazing um, and a whole yeah 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 and Which, when, our community is just awesome and when it started you guys started your your pride there in Bisbee in 2004 right we did yeah it's kind of kind of um about i would say probably about 50 or 60 um, gay men uh, got together and they started by uh, just like a pool party and they had potluck dinners and then it grew into and then it grew and then it grew and um, now I would say yesterday uh, we had 145 volunteers and we probably uh, doubled the town uh, the old town old Bisbee which is the historic part it's an old mining town <clears throat> we have about uh, anywhere from 15 to 1800 residents in that part of the town uh, I would say we had easily 3,000 people in town yesterday. It's incredible. In downtown Old Bisbee. And do people come from all over that part of Arizona to celebrate? And Do you get the LGBTQ people from other parts of Arizona? We, uh, we do. So um, basically because we are rural and there are st- still stereotypes that we're, um, you know, we're dealing with, um, being rural, uh, you know, uh, ranchers, cowboys, um, uh, the Mexican uh, or the Latino community still has some stereotypes that uh, they're breaking down. Um, we have a military base about 23 miles away, uh, Fort Huachuca. Um, literally out my bedroom window, you can see the Mexican wall. That is a very true statement. Wow. So we have, um, yeah, so, um, but we have seven counties. Uh, we also get people from New Mexico, California. Um, so all of Southern Arizona, of course, Phoenix, of course, Tucson, they all come down. Um, but all of the little communities that are, I'm going to say east of Tucson, uh, all the way to Albuquerque. We had people from Texas this year. Um, a lot of Californians for sure coming from Palm Springs, San Diego pride. Um, yeah, I think it's so fabulous because I think, you know, those of us who live in big cities like New York City, we just take for granted that there's gay people everywhere and our pride celebration, you know, hundreds of thousands of people come out and people line the streets to cheer us on even even if they're not in the community, they're supporting the community. But in places where you are in rural areas, um, I think it's so important to create a, a safe place like a safe space like this and celebrate who right. you are, regardless of where you live. Yeah, um, a few months ago, I did diversity training with the Border Patrol agents. So there's Border Customs, which are the blue uniforms, and for the Border Patrol agents, uh, they go out into the field, and they are in green. And, you know, I was n- uh, kind of nervous, I guess, to yeah. uh, be speaking about diversity uh, to this group of people. And, you know, when I got there, uh, they had set up uh, at one of the custom stations all of this stuff about pride and it actually blew me away how many people were really accepting uh, of of our of everything that we're up against but uh, after uh, after I spoke I think six people came up to me and they said you know and they were um, Latino and gay so what a complex set of you know they're Latino, they're working on the border, they're gay, and their job is to still protect our borders. Right. So what a what a concept, huh? Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of identity happening in in one that's person. A lot. Well, Nancy, I, I think it's yeah. fabulous that you're doing this. I congratulate you and applaud you for creating this wonderful uh, celebration of LGBTQ thank pride. You. And thank you so much for talking to us. I, I, would you say this is your, was your biggest one ever this year? This is our, this is definitely our biggest one. Um, but we are also gearing up to the 2019 world pride celebration, which yes. of course is going to be in New York city. Mm-hmm. Um, we, on every stage we were telling people about, you know, the Stonewall story and why we, why we have prides. And we, uh, we actually built a closet 
um, for people to come and tell their coming out stories, and we're going to be submitting them to the University of Arizona uh, for documentation on gay history on the southern border. And then we're going to send a whole bunch of uh, representatives from Bisbee, Arizona, right to New York City next year, so you will see us. We look forward to meeting you when you're here, and thank you so much for doing what you're doing. I wish you and everyone thank in Bisbee you. a very happy Pride, Nancy. Take care. Happy Pride Month. Bye-bye. Happy Pride, Thanks, Nancy. sweetie. Bye-bye. So awesome, right? Yeah, that's so cool. Well, now, Ryan, without further ado, it is time to talk to our in-studio guests yes. who have finally found their way here. It was apparently rather difficult for them. They're pretty, but they can't follow directions. We are in the presence <laughs> we, we are in the presence of royalty today, Ryan. Are you gagging? I'm gagging. This past May in Asbury Park, New Jersey, our guests were crowned Miss Gay United States and Mr. Gay United States. Please give a warm-ass welcome to Aaliyah Martinez and Ray Sky Sinister. Yes. Come on. My queen. You found us. What was the difficulty? What difficulty? <laughs> I was getting frantic messages from you. Where is this building? I can't find it. That wasn't me. No, oh, that was oh, right. That was me. That was me. <laughs> oh, I she was cool, calm, and collected. She's yeah. like, I got this. I was yeah. trying to rush. There was a lot of traffic. So Yeah, no, you listen. You made it just in the nick of time. Great. We were actually running a little bit behind because we're having technical difficulties up the ass, <laughs> uh, awesome. as we do on the Adam Sank Show. Up the ass, on the ass. But it's fabulous to have you both here. Congratulations to you both. Thank you. Thank you. Are, are, has the has the shock worn off, or are you still floating on a cloud? I don't know if it's actually like set in that I've actually won because the day after I just went into like let's get shit done mode, right? And I haven't actually had time. Like I look at the crown and I'm like, what? What is that? Where is the crown? Where, <laughs> Where do you keep it? Uh, in my living room. It's like displayed with all the trophies around it. It's got its nice little sash around it. She's cute. She's yeah. Cute. She's yeah. Cute. Where do you keep your crown, Ray? My crown right now is in the car. It's always with me. Oh, wow. All right. You're, you don't want anyone to, you know, lift it off you. No, no, it's always with me. <laughs> keep your it took me a lot to get it, so. Keep your face right in front of that microphone. I know you can do that. <laughs> it's nice and phallic and round. Mm. Um, both For both of you, this was not your first time going for the crown, right? You've both competed uh, in the past for, for Mr. and Miss Gay United States. This was my first time. I competed on national level twice now. So, oh, but what were the what was the other one you? I did AAG and which is All American Gent, mm -hmm. and I did uh, Mr. Westland. And what other titles have you had in the past, or is this the first title? No, I've had uh, Gay New Jersey, uh, 2015. So, Woohoo! Yeah, awesome. Come on, New Jersey. <laughs> I'm a Jersey boy myself by right. birth. I mean, we all can't be perfect. It's fine. But oh. yeah, but Aaliyah, you've competed in Miss Gay Yeah, Nancy's. this is my third time. I competed in Minneapolis my first year two years ago, and then last year we were in Asbury again. I was there. And Ryan was with me. Yes, yes. we should mention Ryan yeah. Frostig is one of Aaliyah's backup. Uh, I am an Aaliyah Martinez boy. Yes! <laughs> yes. Dancing and singing. So much fun. Aaliyah Martinez singer, because we don't... Exactly. Just, we don't singer. gender that. I'm sorry. Oh, all. good. Yeah. Yeah, nor should you. Yeah, nor should we. Might be. So, you went for it three times. Yeah. What do you think pushed you over the top this time? Um, I think it was a little bit of everything. I think it's the the community you surround yourself with in pageantry is like the most important thing and the people that are pushing you to do the things that you want to do. Also, um, I had everything that I was guaranteed to compete in <laughs> at the time <laughs> that I competed. You know, we rely on costumers and jewelers and all of that to put our stuff together. It's not just us, so... Um, I had everything on time this time and was able to go forward with everything that I wanted to. Right, because you it's not just you. It takes yeah. a village. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, Pageantry to is a village. A team. It's so much work. And by the way, a lot of money. Oh, my correct? God, yeah. yeah. It's expensive to do these. Very expensive. It's beyond expensive. So so why do you do it? What What is the thrill uh, that would make you work this hard and uh, have to cultivate this many resources and spend this much money? What, what is it about the competition that is that is so inspiring or, or attractive to you? I think for me, and uh, we've actually talked about this a little bit, our year we plan on being a little different uh, and being more vocal within our communities and outside of our communities. And uh, this gives me another platform to speak on. It gives me another megaphone to have my voice be louder and speak out for LGBTQ plus people. So that's one of the things that drives me. Also, like everybody has a craft and a hobby and this is mine. Like I have a full time job outside of this. I work for a PR firm and I do HR. So I get to help people every day. And this is like my 
therapy for myself why it costs so much and why I would choose something <laughs> that <laughs> spends like half of my bank account uh, mm-hmm. is beyond me. But those are my reasons. Same with you, Ray. That and um, this is my legacy. You know, at my age, I have to do something that I can say, you know, I did something. What so, is your age? If you uh, don't mind my asking. Oh, me too. Yeah. Yes. Come on, 47. Yeah. Work. Competing against all these 20-year-olds. So. I bet. Yeah. You know, we, we know a little bit more about the, the, the Miss Gay pageants than we do about the Mr. Gay pageants. So tell us what, sort of how they're alike, how they're different, what, what the criteria is uh, by which you're judged. Uh, well, they're basically both the same. Um, I guess the girls have more costume and more things to prepare. Uh, but it's basically the same as the uh, the girls. Uh, we go through interview, talent, uh, Americana. Um, so it's it's all basically the same. Do you have backup singers and dancers like Aaliyah? Does? I do. I have a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and like, what are the categories for for the male for the men? It's it's exactly the same. Um, it is presentation, uh, Americana. What uh, is Americana? What does that mean? Red, white, and blue. It's anything red, white, and blue. I see. Yeah. yeah. So it's exactly the same. Is there a swimsuit? No. Thank God, no. For neither. (laughs) 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 Or anything sort of body bearing? No, not on this one. No. Some of them have it. There can be. Sometimes they're like in the talent. People will have skimpy little. Yeah. Yeah. They have to write rules in for the Miss contestants. Like, please don't show your breasts, especially for trans women who also compete as drag queens. So... It gets a little racy sometimes. You and I, Aaliyah, were involved in a Facebook discussion yeah. uh, about this very topic, about trans women and even cis women potentially competing in drag. Um, there was a controversy a few months back. Ryan, you'll remember this. With yeah. RuPaul made some careless comments. Yes. Careless ab- is the key word. About <laughs> trans women competing and how she wouldn't want someone who was post-op. Um, and then had to apologize and backtrack. But Leah, you and I were on the same page, and I'm wondering, you know, if you can explain your feelings about trans women and even cis women competing in drag and, and sort of why they should or shouldn't. Yeah, I look at drag as an art form. It's not necessarily something that is down to one person or one thing. Uh, there's bearded queens out there. There's queens who do club kid looks. There's queens who do, like, gender. I can swear on this, right? Like, of course. Okay, there's like gender fuck drag, um, there's male drag, there's female drag, there's female on female drag, and I think all of it just encompasses drag, and so I think we need to drop all the labels on that. Um, but there's plenty of trans women who are women but are also drag queens, and they don't have to be one to be the other. They can be those things separately. Um, those are Those are my views, and I think like the closer we get to all realizing that it's just an art form, uh, Thorgy Thor, who was on Drag Race, and Azrea, who's a local queen, always said, I hope I get this right, uh, all drag is art and all art is beautiful. So if we think about it more as just like an art form and just the beauty of it and like calm the fuck down, we'll, right. we'll be better off. Because the point that I was trying to make in that argument is drag queens don't look like women. Some of, I mean, some do. I, I mean, some do, it, but it depends on, you know, what but, kind yeah. of what but your drag is. I think most of us, when we think of drag, we think of. A, a huge exaggeration mm-hmm. of femininity with oh, yeah. huge hair and, and and really excessive curves and and heavy makeup and 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 maybe um, things that are very outre or or yeah. not something you would see a woman looking like on her way to the supermarket or on her way yeah. to work. So to say that a that a, a woman whether she be trans or cisgender can't do drag is is misunderstanding what drag is. You're not trying to look like my mom. Yeah, I mean... Or your mom. <laughs> there's, like, beauty queen drag, but there's also a, an array of drag outside of that that we need to, like, explore more. I mean, I would love to do more fun drag, but I also do a lot of pageantry, and I do a lot of, like, female impersonation. So that's why I look the way I do when I'm and in I, drag. I think that there's also drag that comes from more of, like, an aesthetic-based yeah. format, and then drag that comes from, like, a performance you know, like someone that is more of a performer that's just literally wearing maybe a wig and a dress and a little bit of makeup. It's not so much about the look. It's about like what's right. being performed. I think it just depends. I think it should be whatever you want it to be. Yeah, of course. If, if you get an audience, then you're doing it right. You right. know, if you Drag get pe- entertainment. If, if people, yeah. Exactly. Ray, are there, are, do straight guys ever compete in the male pageants? I, I would think so. Yeah. yeah. So it's open to anyone. Oh, yeah. 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 
We and, just wish that more guys actually did it. Right, because there's fewer of the male contestants yes. than the female contestants, yeah. correct? Yeah, which is one of the things that we want to, you know, bring out to the light is is get up and, and just do it. Uh, take the risk and, and perform. Uh, and I bet anyone that performs once is going to continue doing it. And do not point at me. I'm, I'm pointing last, at you, Adam. I'm the last Adam person. Is the, can I tell you something? I'm far too lazy to ever compete in a pageant. Honey, I've I've done your makeup for drag before, yes. and just it, me doing your makeup, you were tired. I was bitching ah. and complaining <laughs> the entire time. I don't have the patience. I'm not spending a dollar. That's how I, I feel, though. I feel like <laughs> I want to do drag so badly, but I'm so lazy. I'd be the queen to like sleep in my makeup. Yeah, you'd be like, messy. I'd there's be a messy plenty queen. of queens that do that, honey. <laughs> I'd fit right in. Yeah. Uh, you guys, once you uh, have have been crowned, you have duties, right? You have responsibilities. Tell yeah. us about sort of what what happens during the next year of your reign. Well, we have to go to uh, nationals to get the name out there. Uh, at the same time, we're also networking with contestants and hopefully future promoters to. Uh, get more contestants in different areas of the country, and uh, just work the the name. We were just talking about Pride. Will you be appearing at at any Pride celebrations throughout the country? Yes, I will be. I will be. I was already at uh, Queens Pride, and I'll be in New York City Pride. Fabulous. Yes. Yeah, and I'll be singing at Fifty Four Below on Sunday. Yes. So. Come on, multi-talented. We should mention that Aaliyah is also a member of the New York City Gay Men's Chorus yeah, with me and Ryan, is. as is pretty much every guest I have on this show. We have Hello. a lot of chorus members. Um, you guys are both uh, Latin Americans, correct? Yeah. D- does it mean something special that you both are are sharing these titles together and, and both representing the Latino community? Yeah, I think that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't believe it when... It happened. That was like, oh my god! So yeah, three yeah. out of the four. We actually have four divisions, right? right? Or actually, we have six divisions. But um, our main divisions are Mister, Miss, Miss Plus, and Miss Icon, which is over thirty-five in our case. But uh, in a lot of systems, it's over forty or forty-five. Uh, and three out of the four of us are actually Latinos, and that's a huge thing. I think it's something we should celebrate and. Um, be happy about yeah i think it's amazing and especially at this moment in american history you know when when there's just such horrible racism coming down from the administration and from the government and such just vicious attacks being lobbied against latin people um just for wanting to come into the country i think it's it's the, the more latin visibility that we can have right now the better yeah i think people of color in general Absolutely. Yeah. Um, pageants have been around gay pageants since the 70s, right? Since like the early 70s. Mm-hmm. How have they evolved over the years? There's a lot of the same in them. I think the categories are a lot the same. Uh, I think it's what we wear and how we present it and how um, vocal we are a lot of the time and how visible we want to be with our feelings and our emotion and and our like the fact that we're winning as uh, almost full Latino court is amazing and different than it would have been back in the day. And that's kind of why the ball scene evolved in New York City is because people of color didn't feel accepted in the pageant community. Crystal LaBeja didn't win a competition uh, and a white girl won. And so she was like, fuck this, I'm going to start the ball scene. Right. So, yeah. And that there's a famous uh, documentary called The Queen, yeah. which I recommend everybody watching. Ryan and I actually watched a clip from it with Crystal when she storms off the stage. Yeah. And that other, that sort of the MC goes, Crystal, where are you going? This is no time for temperament. And it's, <laughs> it's you say all the time. So fabulous. I do say a lot. Um, so other, but other than it being more representative and, and uh, representing the diversity that is the gay community how how else have pageants evolved i feel like in the past it was more for for the for the female pageantry anyway it was more about looking real and looking fishy and mm-hmm. i feel like there has been sort of this coming together with club drag um yeah, so that there trends? isn't such a strong division anymore between club drag and pageant drag i think you're always going to have the beauty queens and the and the like our pageant's a little different a lot of the pageants have male in swimsuit and you have to have the rock hard body and you have to look the part and we're a little bit more accepting in that. And there's a couple others that are starting to trend that way. All American Gent is that way. Um, but it's, uh, you have to look a certain way to, to be in the pageant community, definitely. I think 
entertainer of the year is a is a national system that you can be a little bit different but you still have to have that beauty face on and you can wear crazy costumes outside of that so i don't know if that's changed so much yeah. I, I, I think it's just yeah. the fashion mainly yeah that's changed do you find like there are certain like <clears throat> trends within like the fashion that have that have changed or like certain kinds of gowns or certain kinds of shoes or for the men like you know certain uh suits or or accessories that you well, for men, it, it's it really anything shiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. <laughs> shiny is good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Same. I think for us, it's like, they, they used to call them armored gowns, where the mm. gowns were like from your chin down to the floor, and you would have this like full-length sleeves. And now we're trying like nude illusion gowns and trying to do the costumes underneath that are airbrushed to make us look like we have breasts right. and if we don't have them, um, which I don't. Um, <laughs> not today. I left him at home. But um, yeah, so I think we're looking a little bit more naked now. So we're kind of following the trend of like Miss USA. Naked is good. Yeah, naked is great. I like naked. (laughs) We're all born naked, baby. Absolutely. Uh, Are you guys continuing to compete in other pageants as this year goes on or you're just raining right now? Yeah. Just raining. That's part of our bylaws. We actually cannot compete in another national system or any other title without the consent of the national director. And I think both of us have like a really clear vision of how we want this year to go. So we're not doing that. I mean, Ray works in politics and which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, congratulations, <laughs> by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Tell us about that. Uh, I was uh, running for county representative for the town that I'm live that I live in. So I won the, the vote. Yeah. The Democratic hey. column. Come on. And uh, you, you won the primary. Yeah. Well, no, for county, it's just the, uh, the primary. That's it. That's it. You're in. That's it. I'm in. Fabulous. Uh, so now it's helping the eldermen and the freeholders get their um, the votes in for the primary. Do Do your colleagues know that you are a pageant hold, title holder? They do. They do. And I'll be forever known as Adams, Fester <laughs> uh, Adams. So. But that is one of your best talents. Yeah. I live for it. Who's well, Fester Adam? Oh, Fester? Uncle Fester? Yeah, that was my talent. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they know. <laughs> did you have the light bulb in your mouth? Yes, I did. That's hilarious. That's, it's That's a great costume, yeah. right? Because he just wears the shroud and the light bulb and then the shaved head and you're good to go. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of white paint, though. It is. True. <laughs> and you're and a lot and more and handsome and than Uncle Fester. And when you're doing Fester, a pageant, it's say. a little difficult to get all that white paint off in like five minutes. <laughs> yeah, because you minutes. have to like move yeah. to the next mm-hmm. thing. Go, go, go. I'm curious how you guys, uh, what your opinions are on the, the latest move by Miss America, by the Miss America pageant, to do away with swimsuits and gowns. Because I kind of have mixed feelings about it as a, a casual viewer of Miss America since I was a, a little boy growing up in New Jersey. You go for that one. Okay. Um, you know, I think, like you said, I have mixed feelings. I I understand, like, body positivity is something that we need to work towards, especially in the pageant world, and making sure that people of all shapes and sizes are able to walk across the stage and feel like themselves and feel empowered to do so. So I don't know if getting rid of it is necessarily the right move, but maybe... Uh, ensuring that women of all shapes and sizes are actually accepted into the system and judged the same. And there's not like this very skinny, very like size zero to two woman that just walks across the stage in that way. And I'd also gowns. Who doesn't like a good gown? That's I mean, that's like on. one of my favorite categories. So that one I can't say. Well, they I'm they didn't do about. away with the evening gowns. They just said you don't have to wear an evening gown. You can dress as you would for an evening out. Oh, evening wear so, instead of evening gown. Correct. So you can wear like a fabulous pantsuit, okay. I guess. I misunderstood or that then. Yeah. Separates or something I'm like that. I'm for that. I yeah, mean, that's cool. not all women like to wear dresses and not all men like to wear slacks. So I'd rather wear a gown to a ball than a... <laughs> Ray, what do you think? I Again, I think it's just fashion. And then uh, in that category, I think that you should be able to do anything you want as long as it's fashionable. How about swimsuits? Uh, swimsuits, I... I just think that we're getting too politi- politically correct on everything, and, and it's just, just have fun with it, and, and I, I don't see anything wrong with it. There are bigger fights we need to fight yeah, right now. Yeah, exactly. My feeling is, uh, it's yeah, it's gross to have a pageant where you judge women on their looks. I mean, there is certain right. something yeah. kind of uh, dehumanizing about that, but on the other hand, if you're going to have a beauty pageant, which I guess this is no longer going to be referred to that yeah. way, um, then we do have, there has to be some kind of aesthetic 
uh, scale on which we judge people. I, like Aaliyah said, I would like for there to be women of different sizes and different body types in a pageant, so they're not all they don't all look exactly the same, and maybe broaden our idea of of what beauty is. But I do think whether you're a size two or a size fourteen, you can still rock a bathing suit, and I kind of yeah. want to see you in yeah. a bathing suit. Yeah, and everywhere in between those sizes. I mean, there's just there's so many right shapes and. Absolutely. Well, you guys, we've come to the part of the show where we play everyone's favorite game, Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Ask Me No Questions. Ray, if you were a drag queen, what would your drag name be? Um, Yes. Forget. (laughs) Have you ever done drag? For Halloween, of course. Who hasn't? (laughs) What gay boy Uh, hasn't? Did you give yourself a name when you did it then? Yeah, but I forget what it was. How about Ray O. Sunshine? Get out. (laughs) Aaliyah, are most pageant queens tops or bottoms? I think there's a healthy mix. (laughs) (laughs) There's definitely nothing going on backstage. We're running too quickly. There's no time for that. No time for that. And too many layers. And if you can get it done in that amount of time, we need to talk because that's Uh, not safe or healthy. Well, we had Honey Davenport on the show, and she said she has been in full drag and uh, gone all the way. I have not done that to date, but I uh, I did pick up a hitchhiker once when I was in drag, and I was like, oh, shit, this is going to go one of two ways. I'm either going to get murdered or we're going to definitely have sex in this car. And how did it go? I dropped him off to his destination. He was a Cirque du Soleil guy, too. Mm. Right? So he was fine. Mm-hmm. But no... Uh, no, uh, no, he did put his hand on my BJ? leg and start like oh. moving upwards, and I was like... Well, if this is my last day, at least I got some action. Hey, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Ray, who is your celebrity crush? Celebrity crush? Oh, wow. That's putting me on the spot. Is this handsome man uh, videotaping us, your boyfriend, no, by the way? No, it's not. Okay. Um, we haven't even talked about him. There's this the beautiful voyeur. muscle stud. Who's the voyeur been... in the room. Oh, what? Hold on. Tell us, tell us who you are. Come here. Hello, everyone. I'm East Coast All-American Gent, Junior Corbin Sinister. I made it to the top five at this year's All-American Gent in Daytona Beach, Florida, and I am the third alternate. Woohoo! Yay! And he is a beautiful man. So you're both from the Sinister family. You're yes. from the House of Sinister. House. Yeah. Fabulous. I, I guess I would have to say Maluma. Who's Maluma? A uh, Spanish singer. Okay. Yeah. We'll have to Google that shit. Uh, Aaliyah, your celebrity crush? My celebrity crush right now is... Male or female? I feel like I have a crush on both. Go for it. Either one. Um, I still love Megan Fox. I think she's stunningly gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Um, and I would say, like, uh, any of the Avengers right now. Huh. <laughs> sure. I'd like to have a vi- big Avenger, like, soup nap together. And there then some. Go. Yeah. I'm liking that Play idea. Play party. Aaliyah, what's a talent you have that most people don't know about? Um, I am an exceptional cook and baker. Right. Mm. Hidden talents? Uh, stoning. <laughs> St- so, like, as in stoning tights? No. Uh, st- <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Like your beautiful hat. Yeah. Ray's wearing a, a American flag hat, and the stars are actual applique stars. Yeah. I, you stone I that stone hat? a lot. I stone Did you everything. stone that hat? I did, 10 minutes before getting here. <laughs> That's fabulous. That's funny. Uh, we know the answer to this question for Aaliyah. Ray, have you ever had sex wearing your crown or your sash? No. Well, get on that. No, I, I should, yes, definitely. <laughs> what about you, sir? Mm-hmm. No? That would be, I'd be the first thing I would do. I'd put the crown on and be like, <laughs> blow me. Uh, Ray, who's your favorite member of the British royal family? Uh, I guess it would have to be the queen. The queen herself? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Harry. I'm going to say Harry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although yeah. Meghan Markle's pretty fucking awesome. Meghan Markle is pretty fucking awesome. She's probably and Kate my Middleton favorite. is also fabulous, too. All the new ones are good. Um, which of you has a bigger dick? Wait, did I really write that down? <laughs> That's inappropriate. Um, how can we follow both of you on, on social media and uh, what, what are your online presences so that our listeners can follow you? Uh, my Instagram is the easiest one. It's at Aaliyah Martinez H-O-L. What's the H-O-L stand for? Uh, House of Luxottica. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know you were part of the House of yeah. Luxottica. And we should say Aaliyah is spelled with two A's and one L. Like the singer. Like Martinez the singer. is pretty phonetic. If you can't figure that out, you probably shouldn't be following me. Ooh. If you don't know how to spell Martinez, you probably voted for Trump. Ding, ding, ding. Ray, how do people follow you? Uh, Facebook and uh, um, all social media. It's Ray Jolve. Uh, R-E-Y-J-U-L-V-E. And where does the name Ray Sky Sinister come from? Uh, Sky comes from my mother, Nikki Sky Blake. And Sinister was the house that I did uh, years ago. I have to say, you don't seem sinister. You seem really sweet and friendly. 
Uh, I feel like it's a misnomer. <laughs> Can you be sinister as well? <laughs> Get him in the dress. I think everybody has a sinister in them. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you both for being on our show. This is our first time having reigning royalty on the show, yes. Ryan. You're welcome. And it's been fabulous thank learning you. about this uh, the scene. I, I look forward to uh, hearing more about your reign over the next year. I want to thank you both for being here and thank Ryan Frostig. You'll be back next week as well. I sure will. We will be talking next week to Benjamin Hively, the author of a new gay horror novel called The House the Devil Built. Subscribe to Derek and Romaine. You can hear them five times a week at DerekandRomaine.com. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Sank. You can follow Ryan at Ryan Frosting. Have a great week, bitches. Happy Pride and happy Father's Day to all you daddies. Daddy. Happy Pride. Happy Pride.